Have no fear of missing out. The show's about FOMO. Your host is Brian Franzo. I'll tell you what you don't know. And now, your host, iSocial Fans. Welcome back to another episode of FOMO Fans. It is episode number 38, episode 38, and we are back to broadcasting on our original date. And I say R like there's a giant team behind me. Um, and really, you're, if you're listening to this, don't look behind you. Uh, I know that you're listening this uh, uh, on uh, audio on any of the podcast players that are out there. But uh, I am a team of one when it comes to FOMO fans. Uh, I'm your host, Brian Fanzo. And uh, I'm excited. We're going to talk, you know, authenticity. And, you know, I talk a lot about be yourself, you know, with I have an online course named Be Yourself. But I think authenticity, especially digital authenticity, is something many people struggle with. I know I get a lot of people that talk to me and say, hey, Brian, I'm getting paid to do this, this, and this. How should I talk about that? Or where should I post that? And so I was recently interviewed um, by one of my favorite brands out there, influencer marketing brand uh, named Tracker, uh, T-R-A-A-C-K-R, Tracker. They interviewed me, and uh, the title of the the interview was really How Authenticity Drives Influencer Engagement. And I thought, you know, the topic was perfect. It came out this weekend, and I thought I would kind of cover some of the questions questions that they brought up, but also kind of share my thoughts on kind of digital authenticity, because I, I think so much has changed. I think if you if you read a book on authenticity uh, in the digital world that was published 2015, maybe even 2016, um, more likely than not, so much has changed just kind of in the landscape of what we think of when we're thinking about um, authentic brands, authentic people, and really authentic conversations in this world that is very, let's face it, filled with fake people, fake brands, and we even have to deal with fake news, right? We have we have fake news now. So how do we even get, we have to get an authentic blog post and authentic news content. But uh, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. But before I get into that, uh, the reason we're able to make this podcast happen is because of the sponsors. So uh, give a shout out to Nine Spokes. Uh, Nine Spokes is the sponsor of FOMO fans. They have a smart dashboard for small businesses to really sync all of that data and allow you to make actionable business decisions in real time. Check out ninespokes.fomofans.live. Just throw that in your browser, ninespokes.fomofans.live. You can check them out. If you also follow me on Facebook or on Instagram, I shared out a video tutorial on really what, uh, how you sign up for Nine Spokes, what's the dashboard look like, and uh, some tips and tricks. It's under two and a half minutes long, so you can check it out on any of those channels, or even check out my pinned tweet on Twitter at twitter.com slash isocialfans. And thank you for the sponsor. So authenticity, and I think authenticity is one that is extremely fun conversation because I don't believe it's a buzzword. I believe it's something that um, many struggle with. And we many struggle with that for, for obvious reasons because, you know, we've always kind of been told, you know, to put on 
you know, or put on a happy face and make sure that your first impression is a good impression and that anything you post online, uh, you know, I always say, you know, don't post, for me, I don't post something online unless I don't want my mom to see it because I'm a mama's boy. And if I'm going to post online, I have to be okay with my mom seeing it. And if I'm afraid of my mom seeing a piece of content, more than likely, I'm not going to press the button and, and push it out there. And so when you're, when you're thinking about authenticity and you're thinking about, you know, this digital kind of world that we live in, it really does become extremely noisy. And it not only to become noisy, but it sometimes really, it gets difficult to understand, you know, is someone promoting that brand? Is someone getting paid to do that? You know, we've, we've kind of learned that, you know, nobody goes to a website and buys a product because the website says it's the greatest, or you don't buy a plant because you're, you know, just because your mom said so, you know, told you what her favorite plants were, more likely than not, you're going you're gonna to ask your friends, you're going to ask people that you can relate to. And I've been saying this for a long time. We've always believed that people buy from people they like. But like my good friend Jim Keenan says, you know, they, all, they just don't buy from people that they, they don't like. They, they oftentimes buy from people that they have no relationship with. And I will say in this digital world moving forward, it's actually, let's take it a step further. People buy from people they like and people buy from people they can relate to. If they have no relationship with you, more than likely in this digital world, they're no longer going to be buying from you. And if they don't like you, they're sure as hell not going to be buying from you. So when you look at business and authenticity and how these things kind of uh, come to bat, I'm going to kind of cover some of these these questions that I was asked um, on this blog post interview. You know, and one of them was really, you know, as you scale, as you grow your audience, um, how do you think about authenticity? And I, you know, I can remember, you know, replying to every tweet and uh, you know engaging every single person I possibly could when I had 2,000 followers on Twitter and I only had a certain amount of followers on social as a whole but as you scale as you grow as your um, you become further and further away from the action it does become more difficult to you know kind of engage it becomes more difficult to always stay in the know but here's the thing I don't think that gives you an excuse to be less authentic. I think as you grow, as your audience becomes, you know, larger, as you become, you know, as Gary Vaynerchuk went from a, a wine library guy to a guy who had a, you know, an online show to a, a podcast that wrote one book, that wrote two books, that wrote three books, as as he kind of grew, and I, and I love using Gary for this for this example because you know Gary, I I believe is as authentic as they come. You know Gary knows for a fact that he would gain more speaking gigs if he was if he was not cussing on stage because let's face it, some places are offended by his language, some places don't know how to handle that. But he also realizes that if he has to be something that he is not, if he has to try to think in his head, oh my goodness, I can't drop the f bomb. Here, I can't share my opinion. Then it takes away from who he is, and that is authentic. And you know, some people cuss or some people um, use certain language as a um, as a strategic uh, you know weapon, and you can do that as, you know as part of your program. But when you are who you are, and that's part of your language, that's part of how you deliver your message. You know, owning that, in my opinion, would make me want to hire him even more because he's not only a 
standing by his principles, but he's like, you know, take it or leave it. And if you leave it, he's okay with that, right? And that's one of the things that I think really becomes hard because as you scale, as you get larger, not only do you have to continue to engage and continue to convey, but this is something I I can really, you know, if you want to start to put this out there, if you want to look and find, okay, I want to know if someone is authentic, Here's a great way to figure it out. Listen to them on a podcast. Listen to them on a video interview. Listen to them when they're getting interviewed on TV. Listen to what they post on Facebook. Listen to what they share um, in their email newsletter. And are they consistent? Do they have the same message across all of those channels? Do they have the, the, the do they do they contradict themselves? Because it's really funny in this digital world we live in, it is really easy to call someone's bullshit. Like you can call someone out that is full of crap very easily. And the reason that is, is because it's all of our information is out there. But the problem with that is we often don't do the looking. We don't go and look to see did that person, you know, bash that brand a month ago on Instagram. And all of a sudden now that brand is sponsoring them and they're the biggest fans in the world. Right. And I think authenticity not only comes with consistency, but it comes with consistency across different um, platforms and it's why I love live video right you the, the most powerful phrase on live video is saying I don't know and if you want to be authentic and you want to convey your message you have to be okay with saying I don't know the reason politicians can't use live video is because they're not authentic they don't know how to say I don't know it saying I don't know to them makes them feel weak but yet we all realize that We know that politicians aren't perfect, and we all realize that nobody is perfect. I believe perfection is a fairy tale. And so when when you're looking at this and you're starting to think about authenticity and you're starting to think, how do you scale authenticity and how do you drive the power of authenticity as you grow your digital footprint, you have to remember that authenticity comes from every aspect of your your message and everything you share, everything you do. And sometimes saying, I don't know, um, is the best way you could possibly uh, gain you know fans and credibility because I want to I want to listen to here's me personally whenever I hear someone talking about something that matters to me right someone that's giving entrepreneur advice and they're asked a question about how to grow their small business and they've never grown a small business they're a successful entrepreneur they don't have employees they just are you know a solopreneur if they're able to say, you know, I don't really know about growing a small business because I haven't done that, but, you know, here's what I've done as, uh, as an entrepreneur, and I believe it might help you if you go into a small business. When someone's able to say, I don't know, I'm going to subscribe to their stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy in because that is that element of, hey, I understand what I do know, and I'm okay separating what I don't know, right? And I think that's something that we really have to um, also understand. And then the, the other piece of this is, and I talk about this a lot on the show, um, and if you guys have heard this, you know, the biggest compliment I could possibly get as a keynote speaker is that when I get off stage and I have, you know, the, there's a line of people that you want to get the hugs and the selfies because that's what I, I preach. When someone comes up to me and says, Brian, you are the same person offline, or on stage as you are online, that to me is the biggest win there is. Because as we become more digital, we're gonna come more dependent, guess what? 
on our offline relationships. We are becoming so digitally connected that when we go offline, we no lo- it's no longer about online versus offline. It's now about when we go into 3D, are we continuing the conversation? Is that person that we met online the exact same person that is offline? And if you are not, you are dead to me. If, you, if I met you online and, and you've conveyed this message and you stand up for these people and you're, and you're all about these things and then I meet you offline and you are not that person, it is one and done. You have lost all credibility for me. And I think that world is, is slightly scary for many businesses. It's scary for many brands and it's scary for many people because you know, when, you're, when you're aligning with brands and when you're aligning with you know, uh, different things you do with work, you know, I believe every person that works for a company uh, tell, has a responsibility or plays a role in telling that brand's story. But when you're working for a brand and you're conveying your message, sometimes you have to put it out there that says, you know, like, this message is not uh, from my brand, it is from me individually. And for me, as someone that has been an influencer for multiple different brands, there's a couple of things that I've always... I've always believed, and, and I've refused to give this in, especially in influencer marketing. I've had a couple brands come to me and say, Brian, you know, we want to work with you, and we love that you're, you, know, you believe on uh, authentic relationships with your community, you have an amazing community, but we want you to sign an exclusive deal with us. We don't want you to work with anyone else because you know, that's kind of how we want to work. And I always let them know. I say, well, I appreciate that, and I, you know, I appreciate your, your desire to kind of lock me in, and it means a lot to me, but if you want my authentic voice, if you want me to deliver what I deliver for other brands, you have to allow me to be independent. You have to trust me that and trust me and trust that your product and the experience that you're you're connecting me with is not a crappy one because Here's the thing. For me, I've been able to work with IBM, Dell, SAP, Samsung, HP, Adobe, uh, Nine Spokes, uh, all of these brands that oftentimes are competitors. But it, the reason that is is because they all know that I am I am smart enough, and I understand that you know being authentic and just sharing everything that's on your mind is not the same thing, right? Being authentic means you're you're conveying you know the truth. You're 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 sharing what is truly on your mind. You're being real. And by for me, by being independent, it allows me to tell my audience, hey, I'm getting paid by IBM to go to this event, or this this brand iographer sent me free gear, and I'm promoting them on my show. And guess what? This is a crazy thing in this in the uh, in the digital world today. If you build a community, not a following, if you build a community in the digital world and you convey authentically that hey, this is my sponsor, this is my brand, if you share that openly, you would actually get more support. You will get more people to click on that link and celebrate you because they want you to be successful. The old days, and I remember watching uh, DJ Khalid on Snapchat, uh, and I say old days, it was like two years ago, and he had a, he had a body of like a bottle of like um, I think it was like Pepsi Clear or Pepsi some kind of Pepsi product sitting over his shoulder, and he did like seven snaps where the Pepsi bottle just happened to be perfectly behind him in his snap. And I was laughing because I'm like, dude, we, we, we all realize, anyone who's watching you on Snapchat right now realizes that you usually don't drink Pepsi and that random Pepsi bottle over your shoulder, um, you're getting paid to have that here. The crazy part is because he didn't say that, because he didn't put that out there, guess what happens when another brand is in his, is in his Snapchat or he starts talking about another product? 
I'm not going to believe if he's paid for that or not paid for that. I'm not going to believe if he really likes Pepsi or he doesn't like Pepsi. And, and the crazy part about that is, you know, gaining trust with your community is extremely hard. Losing trust with your community is extremely easy. It takes one one wrongdoing, one thing that you you kind of you're not afraid you're you're hiding something. And I've always believed that no one brand, no one event, no one product is worth me losing that authenticity with with my community. And it's why for me, sharing the journey, the good and the bad is part of who I am, right? I, I always talk about risk versus reward, but these are one of those things when, you know, and this is one of my favorite questions I was asked um, on this blog post is they said, Brian, are there, are there connections between authenticity, engagement, and influence? And I love the word influence. To me, the word influence, it breaks it down simply like this. You, you, you are an influencer if you are able to inspire someone to take a strategic action based on what you say, what you do, or the trust that they have with you. Let me repeat that. If you are able to strategically have someone take action, remember, just because you have a giant community does not mean you are an influencer. Just because you can reach your message to 800,000 people, if you don't inspire them to take an action, that action could be simply retweet or share or go buy this car, or that action could be, you know, buy my book, whatever that, it doesn't matter the action, but the action as an influencer to, to have true influence you actually have to inspire action and that inspiration happens through either asking people you know Gary Vaynerchuk's really good at this hey I need everybody to buy seven books that's what Gary says when he releases his books and guess what I bought seven books Gary influenced me based on the trust I have with him and the free content he's given out year over year over year over year to he influenced me to purchase those books right he asked he, he you know Gary's the best at that I'm not very good at that usually you know he, he just comes out and asks for it or maybe through your actions right when I when I'm working with a brand or I'm, I'm, I'm you know I'm in a car and I'm like, hey, this is BMW and BMW hired me to come out here and check this out. Guys, make sure you guys go out, you know, uh, the, the the site that you guys can check out more about this car is, you know, bmw.com slash, you know, FOMO fans or whatever it is, you know, and by, by presenting that out there and then actually having people take that action, right? And and the thing about, you know, the that question where it says the connection between authenticity, engagement, and influence, nobody replies on Twitter, nobody replies on Instagram, nobody comments on blogs for people that they don't believe are the people that are going to really reply, right? Because here's the thing, I'm not going to spend my time engaging and, 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 you know, I only get 24 hours in a day. I'm not only, I'm not going to spend that time doing something if I don't believe that person that I'm doing, you know, I'm making that ask for is going to, is going to care, is going to engage. And I think there's a massive disconnect when we start talking about, you know, transparency and where transparency fits in here, because, you know, transparency is not the same as oversharing. Oversharing is giving people access to every single thing you do. Nobody wants that. Transparency is giving people an authentic window into who you are. And if you suck and you are transparent, they will look through that window and realize you suck. If you are a really good person and you are transparent and they look through that authentic window of who you are and they realize, wow, I can relate with that person and that person puts their pants on the same way I do and, and sometimes they have good days and sometimes they have bad days, then that person's going to build, you know, 
that relationship with. And and here's the thing. I look at I look at authenticity and I look at trust, especially when you're working with brands. And I work I think it's a three-way street. Here's here's what I want you guys to remember. It is a three-way street. And most people get this wrong when it comes to influencer marketing, especially. When you are a brand, you have to make sure that that person that you are hiring, if you are hiring Brian Fanzo, iSocial fans, you have to make sure that I have trust with my community and you have to be able to trust me, right? That's the two-way street. Unfortunately, we oftentimes forget the third the third element of trust, right? And it's the trust between the community and the brand itself, right? Because although that 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 influencer is going to allow you to reach a new audience. If that, if the trust between that brand has already been broken with that new audience, it doesn't matter how great of an influencer you have, that influencer is going to struggle to gain trust back because the brand has already ruined it. And I think that's a sad mistake. You know, I, I worked in cybersecurity for nine years and I love security and I love privacy and I, I believe brands need to be a little bit more upfront because the minute that a brand gets hacked, the minute a brand loses, you know, shares its user data or puts their things out there, the minute that happens, what do they do? They go to their community and say, please forgive me. Please, you know, we are so sorry that we screwed up. Or they go get their, their brand spokesmen or their advocates to go, you know, please, hey, make up for us. And here's the problem with that. It's too freaking late. It's too freaking late. You have to build trust. You need to invest in your community, and you have to have those authentic conversations along the way. And if you are having those along the way, and all of a sudden you screw up or you make that mistake or information gets leaked out, not only are people and brands and communities going to be willing to forgive you, but they're going to be they're going to come to your defense and they're going to start sharing for you. I mean, the amount of people that are, that have come to me through different events or different products, and they say, Brian. You know, are you getting paid to defend, you know, uh, SAP, or are you getting paid to defend, you know, and be an advocate of Applebee's when you did that work with Applebee's? And I'm like, no, I have a trusting relationship with Applebee's, and my community trusts that I really like that product. I enjoyed working with them as a company. Therefore, because I've already had that authentic relationship with them, I'm gonna go to bat for them. They invested in me before they needed me to invest in them. And I think this is something that is extremely important and oftentimes it's forgotten in this in that three-way piece. So the three-way trust cycle is the brand has to trust the influ influencer to convey the message to the audience. The influencer has to trust the brand in order to partner with them in a meaningful way. And then the influencer has to be trusted by the community. And so the influencer has a two-way street, but that brand must trust the influencer. Because here's the thing. I don't, I don't work very well in an environment that says, Brian, we want you to tweet out these 10 things. Brian, we want you to create a podcast that does these three things, and that's how we will sponsor it. Because last time I checked, you want to sponsor me. You want to you want to hire me because of my relationship and how I do things with my community. And yet after you hire me, after you invest in me, you want to change the way that I do it? No, that, I don't that that's no go. And and trust me, how many people have heard that? I mean, I know uh, my listening audience, I see everybody here on Facebook Live and Periscope. I mean, we've all seen it, right? There's there's some really bad, you know, brand promotional brands and people post things on on Instagram or on Facebook or even on their website or you know, even some of these celebrities that are hawking products and you're like there is no way that we trust that you use that product. There's no way that we believe that 
what you're saying about that product you even know anything about. You're probably just reading the marketing notes. And so I really you know, kind of break down authenticity and that trust level, especially as an influencer, in kind of a, a three-way street and understanding kind of how that works. And so I want to kind of wrap up this episode and bring things together, you know, for me, when you're looking at authenticity and you're looking at where things are going in the next one year, three years, five years, right? So in 2020, 50% of the workforce are going to be millennials or those people that are under 36 years old, right? So under 36 years old today. So if you are on, you know, over 50% of the workforce, already over 50% of the, of the, um, Revenue or the money spent today from consumers is being cons is being spent from those that are under 35, and those that are under 35, there's a there's an element here where online and offline are not two different things, and you can build trust and relationships both online and offline. But here's the crazy part, and this is the part that I think we have to remember, is that just because you said something online. And then offline, you change your mind and say something differently. It, it doesn't allow us to kind of segment that and say, ooh, we, we don't trust them when they're at a networking event, but we trust them to read their blog, or we trust them when they give a product recommendation. Authenticity has no idea if it's online, offline, back channel, front channel, personal things. You know, and I've always been a big believer that, you know, you, you must, you know, not only be yourself, but when you're conveying and you're, and you're putting your message out there, stand up for what you believe in. Own what you believe in. You know, I've been posting a, a lot about, um, you know, how excited I am for Pride uh, 2017 and, you know, LGBT, and, and I'm a big supporter of the LGBT community because I believe in the, in the, really, in the religion of happiness, and I think that anyone who is seeking happiness and not harming anyone else should have the right to do so, and I am not apologizing about that. I am very, that is a conviction of mine, and I am not afraid to put it out there. But at the same time, that's because that's part of my message. Now, there's a place for politics, there's a place for religion, and if you choose not to talk about it, that is okay. But I'm amazed how many people will tell me they choose not to talk about it, and all of a sudden, when it, when it suits them, they start talking about it, right? All of a sudden, they become the greatest supporter in, uh, you know, in this religious right because it, it kind of became trendy to do so. And that's a great way to lose your authenticity in this world today because Everything you do, every digital action you take, every time you click so you retweet somebody, every time you go on a LinkedIn, you like something, every piece of content you can, that's a, that's a way of telling your story. And if you want to tell your story where people can relate with you and can build trust with you, you have to make sure that it is consistent across all bases. And here's the, here's the craziest part of the whole thing. If you are trying to be something that you are not online, you're a about to run to the end of your rope. It is no longer possible. I believe faking it till you make it, conveying something online that is full of crap offline will quickly disappear. And I believe as we move forward, our, our purchasing decisions are going to be relied on much more about the people that we know, the people that we relate to, the people that we trust, and the people that we have authentic conversations with. Because when we can have that authentic conversation with someone, we are much more likely to take their recommendation to, to buy that product or to go that direction. And here's the thing. For those of you that are out there that maybe think, well, nobody buys a house because of you know authenticity or community. We buy a house because it's the cheapest. 
Bull crap. Bull crap. Know why? We buy a house because we will post out there and say, hey, does anybody know about this school district? And then we'll have our friends tell us about the school district. Hey, we're curious. Has anybody commuted from this arena? Hey, that's okay. Hell, I'm going to go onto this Facebook page for this local group, and I'm going to ask them what their thoughts are about living in that neighborhood. Because guess what? When we're making decisions today, it is, it is about community. It is about authenticity. And if you don't believe it, it's because you're your current decisions up till today have not been that way, well, guess what? They're going to change moving forward. Yes, you did, seven years ago when you bought your house, you went out there and you, you asked a realtor and you looked for the, the house that was in your market and you looked at a couple of statistics and you bought your house. Today and moving forward, especially those that are under 36 years old, we are making our decisions based on those authentic relationships that we have, the ability to reference our community, and ultimately we are putting ourselves out there and saying, I would rather have 15 people that I know give me a recommendation than one person that knows 5 million people but I have no authentic conversation with. Because when it comes down to it, I want to be able to relate with you. I want to be able to let, make sure that you can, can feel my pain. And it's why I've always said for the longest time, like my, my goal and something I want to achieve in my life is I want to, I want to spread the power of empathy. I believe empathy... Is the, is the next great hurdle that we must overcome in, in the world as a whole. You know, to be able to strap on someone else's shoes and walk in their feet and understand what they feel, what impacts their decision. For us to get there, we first have to have authentic conversations because no one can empathize with you if you aren't first your authentic self and sharing that to build those relationships. I hope you guys enjoy this topic, how authenticity drives audience action. I'll put the link to the blog post. The blog post has about five or six other questions that I didn't cover on this episode um, of, of the show, but uh, it is out there from our, my friends over at Tracker, so make sure you guys check that out. It will be in the show notes um, of this podcast. I want to thank you guys for supporting uh, the sponsor, uh, Nine Spokes, as well. If you guys listen on the audio version, you guys will hear about Iographer, who also sponsors the five-minute rant segment that I will be uh, kind of talking about directly after this uh, live section, but, you know, friends, remember, you know, as we're moving forward, just because something, a purchasing decision, just because actions of, of many in the past were not done a certain way does not mean they won't change how those are done in the future. I firmly believe we are changing the course of how we make decisions, how we, how we grow, how we have relationships, where we spend our money, how we spend our money, and I believe how we do that, why we do it, and the ways that we do it are going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. So don't be afraid to call someone's bluff when someone tells you that, hey, here's a reality check, that, this is, that you are wrong. Guess what? Start understanding what was going on yesterday so that you can be better today and then focus today on understanding what's going on so you can set yourself up for success tomorrow. Success tomorrow doesn't always have to look like what success looked like yesterday. My name is Brian Fanzo. This is episode 38 in the books. Cheers, my friend. All right, what's up, everybody? How is everybody doing? All right, I'm fired up. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed a little take on authenticity. And like I said, uh, leading up to that, uh, this is the five-minute rant section where I do this uh, exclusively 
for you, the audio listeners. Uh, I, I, I make all of those online uh, that watch the live stream. I, I, I invoke the fear of missing out because they're missing out on this great content here at the end of every episode or almost every episode, depending on how long they are. And this, you know, of course, is sponsored by Iographer. Check them out, iographer.com. Uh, you can actually get 10% off getting one of the cases that I use for all the live streaming. It's how I, I mount on my audio kit or mount on the lights. Uh, just check out the show notes. I have the, I have the link uh, to the site as well as uh, the code that you need to use so you can get a discount from uh, my friends over there at Iographer. And I wanted to talk, you know, this little rant on this section really, you know, had come down to pretty much a basic concept inside of authenticity. And it's this, you know, stop copying what everyone else is doing. You know, I believe if everyone is zigging, then you should zag. But in this weird digital world, you know, and I think this is a this is a downside of transparency. And, and you guys know I love and believe in the power of transparency. But one of the downsides of transparency, one of the things that, you know, I think is a limitation, one of the things that is a, you know, as we become more transparent, we start sharing more of our secret sauce and we start to understand how people find success and, and how we can relate with them and what they did to do what they're doing. And if you are a person that is just the copycat, you're the person that just takes their playbook and does the exact same thing as them, you are going to be their digital exhaust. And it is amazing for me when someone says, Brian, I've done the exact same thing as Tim Ferriss, or I follow the exact recipe as Russell Brunson, and I'm doing exactly what he says, and, and I really can't figure out why I can't stand out, and, and why nobody comes to me for advice, and, and how I'm not looked at as a thought leader. And, and here's the thing, you're not a thought leader, you're a thought stealer, you're a thought copycatter, you are a thought, you are an imitation. And I think there is no bigger way to to ruin that authenticity, to to eliminate that trust than to just copy what other people are doing. I mean, it's so sad that people even copy, you know, the exact content. I can tell you that, you know, it happens to me fairly often where someone takes something that I've shared on a podcast or on video and they verbatim, word for word, put it into a different format and post it on their own channel. And and for me, that's, you know, I feel bad for them more so than anything else because, you know, I think everything out there has already been done. It's just now our job to take and put our own twist, our own turn on it. And nobody is going to be a thought leader in anything. We already know that nobody is perfect. We also know that no one knows everything. Therefore, I don't want to look at someone to be a thought leader because they, they tell me, I am a master or know everything. Rather, we would rather you share, hey, this is how I did it, this is why I did it, and this is how I found success. Because you don't need to be a, a thought leader in something to inspire somebody. You simply need to share your journey, your path, what worked for you. Because I want to, I, I build relationships with people, I trust people, and I learn from people based on how they did it and why they did it. Not just talking about what they did, and not just because someone copied exactly what something worked for somebody else you know and, and Warren Buffett has said and I've talked about it I think I've used this reference on the show too you know he said it you know he has no problem leaving his entire playbook for investments on an airplane because Warren believes that nobody could copy exactly what he did and be successful because the key element for that success was who he was what he was about and his way of doing it which truly is his authentic recipe for success so stop being a copycat. If you see people being copycats out there, ignore them. Focus your energy somewhere else. And I will leave you with this. 
don't get did get really you know confused or uh, I'd say handicapped by the fact that someone else has already done something that you want to do. This is something that I have struggled with, especially with writing a book. I'm like, ooh, somebody already wrote a book on that topic. Already, somebody already talked about that topic. But because you're going to provide it in your own way, you're going to share it in your own view, there's going to be value in that. And sometimes I think we get too overwhelmed. And, and Gary Vaynerchuk always said, you know, he doesn't consume a lot of other people's content. Uh, he doesn't listen to a lot of other people's podcasts and things because he doesn't want that noise to get in, in but he also doesn't want to be crippled by the fact that someone else has already done something because he's okay with that as long as he's always believing in doing it his way and why he's doing it and his own inspiration. I think we can all learn from that because it's not about doing, you know, just because someone else has done something similar does not mean the way that you do it would not reach new audience, not provide new insights, and who knows, it might actually even help that person that did it before you because life changes, shit changes, and ultimately, we have to embrace the change along the way. There's no better way than be ourselves, be authentic, and not copy what else everyone else has already done. Thanks to Iographer. Thanks to Nine Spokes for sponsoring this episode of FOMO Fans. Until next time, I hope you won't miss out.